Hey everybody, Michael June here with Game Changers for Government Contractors. And today I have Brendan with me here today talking about a topic that's very near and dear to my heart. I'm sure we'll get to talk about that in a little bit too. But before we get started, why don't you hop on, tell everybody a little bit about who you are and what you do. Yeah, for sure, Michael. Happy to. Thanks for having me on the show. It's great to be here. So yeah, my name's Brian Kumar Sami. I'm the founder of Master Talk. Master Talk is built a YouTube channel and a coaching practice that I started to help the world master the art of communication and public speaking. And the quick story around it was when I was in college, I went to business school. I studied in accounting, which is literally the opposite oh, of what man. I do today. And I started doing these things called case competitions. Think of it like professional sports for nerds. So while the guys my age were playing football or rugby, I was doing presentations competitively, Michael, once I learned how to speak. But then as I got older, coached a bunch of students on how to communicate so they'd win competitions, accidentally got really talented at communication coaching. And then I started master talk in my mother's basement because I thought free nice. content wasn't really good on speaking. And then here we are today. Nice. I would have been nerdy enough to go and watch the presentations. I would have definitely enjoyed that. I would have probably been doing that instead of rugby or, or something else. So that's interesting. So I like that. You know, I guess one of the questions that I have right out of the gate is what do you feel like is the biggest challenge with public speaking? A lot of people think it's fear, Michael, but my personal belief is consistency. So we don't reward the person who goes to the gym once in a year. We celebrate and admire the person who goes to the gym a hundred times out of the year, 200 times out of the year. It's that consistency. But the problem with communication, and that's what I think the greatest challenge is, is we're fearful of it because we don't know how to practice and what to practice. Whereas in the context of fitness, sure, you could complicate things if you want, but it's not really that hard. Eat the right things exercise consistently, do a couple of workouts, attend a few classes, and you'll probably lose some weight. You'll probably get more lean. You'll probably gain more muscle mass. Not like by a huge margin, but something will probably happen. Context of communication, we're just stuck. We don't know what to do. And that creates fear, which then creates an action. But of course, I'm here to solve that today. I think that makes a lot of sense. I want to talk about fear, but before I talk about the fear side of it, why do you think most people should even care about the topic. I have some opinions about this, but what are your thoughts on why? Because a lot of our listeners are business owners. Why should they care about getting better about public speaking? For sure, Michael. So in the context of business owners, what I'll say is as your business is scaling, are your communication skills scaling with the business? What does that mean? So if you're an entrepreneur right now listening to this, doing, let's say, between zero and $250,000 a year in gross revenue, you're usually doing everything yourself. So you're doing the media, you're doing the marketing, you're doing the sales, you're doing the delivery, the ascension. What starts to happen as you scale the business is you start to delegate what you used to do to other people that might not be 100% as talented or in other cases, even better than you because you're really bad at it. And then you create SOP standard operating procedures and you communicate what to do. But if your communication skills are bad at the million dollar mark or at the 750 mark, you create a lot of unnecessary inefficiencies within the business where employees come up to you and they go, oh, uh, Brendan, what did you mean by this? Uh, did I do this correctly? But because we're not communicating clearly what the expectation of the role is, we're creating a lot of lost and leakages in our business. 
That's one piece why I think it's relevant. The other piece, which is more broader, Michael, for anybody, because for me, public speaking isn't just speaking on a stage, right? It's every single interaction you have for the rest of your life. So the other part is realizing communication is an accelerant of dreams. Doesn't really matter what the dream is, whether it's to be a better parent, a better executive in corporate, or a better business owner, the best communicators are often the best in that category. So that pushes you to get to the dream faster. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I was actually watching a video last night from, I guess it was the CEO of Crisp, which I'd never heard of. And he was talking about how at 11 people quit on him. And when the 12th person came to him, it was his best employee. And he was like, what do I've got to do to keep you? And she's like, well, I've already taken another job and it's actually a pay cut. And when she started explaining why she was leaving, the number one thing was they had a lack of vision. Like they didn't know where the company was going. And he was like, how can this be? I think I'm communicating. And he wasn't communicating the vision. And every other thing that she mentioned was a communication problem. And he's sitting here running a big business and losing all his people because he can't communicate. I thought that was an interesting little video that I just happened to see yesterday. You know, the thing you mentioned there about those businesses that are doing up to 250K, I actually see like in my industry, in the coaching and consulting industry, people struggle just to get to 100K. The average consultant is doing say 50, 60 grand a year in revenue, not even profit. And so the ones that actually make it to 100, 200K, tend to be able to communicate in a one-to-many, like almost we're doing now, but maybe you're not on the line. It's just them speaking, right? But when they get to actually having to have a team, that's where it just all collapses in, right? They can't figure out how to communicate with anybody but a camera or a cell phone or whatever it may be. It's, it's kind of wild to watch that. There's almost like three levels of entrepreneurship, the solo or the struggling solo. I'm doing well as a solo yeah. and, oh, now I have employees. What do I do? Type of business, which scales, you know, really, really big. But I've seen that challenge at the billion dollar level where people have 200 salespeople and you ask them, what's the problem? You're like, I don't know. I don't know anybody on the team. They don't know what's going on. We just were based on our brand more than anything. And it's just a lot of struggle. So very interesting concepts there. Let's go back to fear for a minute there. I've always heard that the average person has three fears and there's like snakes, death, and public speaking. And public speaking is number one above the other two. So mixing in a little bit. Why do you think people are so afraid on top of what you shared earlier? What makes them afraid to just go and share something in front of people and not care? Because it seems like that's part of it is they just care too much. If you're struggling with your government contracting business, I want to encourage you today to go sign up for a free coaching session with me. You can go in the description of this podcast. There's a link to my calendar and you can go pick a time where we can sit down for 30 minutes, talk about what you're doing right, what you're doing wrong, what you should change. And then if coaching makes sense for you, I'll actually go over the options on how you can get started with coaching so we can take your business to the next level. Now let's get back into this episode. For the record, I will say I'm more scared of snakes and death than I am public speaking by a fair margin. And I think a lot of us are too. I think the culture, like the Seinfeld quotes that say, most people would rather be in the casket than give the eulogy. Really, Jerry? Right. Really? Right. People would rather be in the casket than give the eulogy? I doubt that. Here's my explanation, because the fear is very real. Let's not disregard that. But there's a very obvious reason why that fear is occurring, and I think we can stop it very simply. So let me give you the background on this, because I've thought about it for a long time, which is where do we learn how to speak, Michael. Where do we learn how to speak formally as children? And the answer for most of us, whether we live in the United States, Canada, UK, Sri Lanka, India, it doesn't matter, is the School. education system. Yeah. 
Exactly, right? High school, middle school. But here's the problem, Michael. All of those presentations, actually, I'll argue 100% of all those presentations have three fundamental problems. The first one is they're all mandatory. We mm -hmm. don't wake up in the morning and say, hey, Michael, you want to get breakfast and present all day? Nobody mm -hmm. says that. So that's number one. Number two, all of those presentations are never tied to something you're actually passionate about. So it's never, hey, Michael, what are you excited about? Media podcasting, your home city. No, it's none of that stuff. Or, you know, contracting or consulting. No, you have to talk about Shakespeare and poetry. You don't really have a choice in the matter. Right. So that's the second piece. And then the third problem, and this is the worst one of all, every single presentation in the education system is tied to a punishment. So if you don't do a great job, Michael, you get slapped in the face. You don't mm. get a pat on the back. So if you create this infinite loop in music class, in English class, in Spanish class, in science class for 10, 15 years, of course, we grew up believing that communication is a chore, so it becomes one, and nobody wants to get better at doing the dishes. Right. And you're just on display. I mean, I can remember two horror stories for me in school. The first one, which I think everybody here that's listening has probably had this one where you're young, you're learning how to read. So you don't read necessarily very well. And the first thing they have you do is go, okay, Susan in the front row, you're going to read the first paragraph. Then Michael behind her, you're going to read the second paragraph and they go in the little zigzag. So if you're 17th in the row, you're like going, I'm 17th paragraph. You're not even listening to what's going on. You're like, I'm going to read my paragraph over and over and over again so I'm ready and then it comes to you and somehow they've skipped the line and you're on the wrong paragraph and you look like a fool and you're just scared to death and the other one is I don't know if they did this with you in school they did it a lot with me in school is they were like Michael I'd like you to come up to the board and diagram this sentence or whatever and all you can think of is I have 30 kids watching me and I don't know what I'm doing those are the two biggest examples that I saw in school over and over and over again. My story is with speaking, like it seems like I'm natural at it, but I didn't even eat lunch in school till I was in almost the ninth grade. Wow. Like, I was so afraid of interacting and talking with other kids. I had like one or two friends my whole time in school up until then because I was just so afraid of just talking to other people. And it was mostly the school system. So, but I wasn't around a lot of kids either. It's kind of an interesting thing. You know, my passion for it comes from some of the stuff you've shared where if you become a really good speaker, you know, you talk about accelerating dreams, your business just grows. You help other people. And it's the one thing that has been the biggest catalyst for me in my business, why I'm such an advocate of this topic is even if you're not great at it, just getting out in front of other people lets them know you exist. And that's just awesome. That's a really big deal. I really appreciate this topic and what you're doing with Master Talk. So we talked about the problem. What are a couple of strategies that you have for the people that either have fear or or the irrational side of it, I guess, where they don't know how to go to the gym for this, like whether it's maybe daily exercises or things like that. What are your strategies for those people so that they can get better about speaking? Absolutely, Michael. Great segue. So communication is like juggling 18 balls at the same time. One of those balls is body language. One of them is facial expressions. One of them is eye contact. One of them is storytelling. And the list can get really long and really confusing. In the same way with fitness, you could complicate things all day. Customized diet plans, customized workouts, which personal trainer should I go to this gym? So for me, the question has always been, what are the three easiest balls to juggle? Because mm. if you can juggle these three balls, you won't be a superstar master communicator, but you'll be better than most people. So let's start the first one. The first bomb is the random word exercise. Pick any word. It could be ball or soap or headphones or chair or sofa couch and just create 
random 60 second presentations out of thin air off of the word. And this Mm. serves two main purposes, especially for consultants and business owners. Number one is it helps you deal with uncertainty. Life is filled with it. Some days you'll wake up Mm. in the morning and then a friend calls you and goes, hey, Michael, I got a big contract for you, but you need to be on the phone in like an hour. Can you make it? You have no time to prep for the initial RFP and you just get on the call and you build the relationship. So that's number one. Number two, and people can write this down if they want. If you can make sense out of nonsense, you can make sense out of anything. So if you Mm. talk about tea coaster and roller coaster and tissue box for 60 seconds, when you go back into your subject matter expertise, it becomes really easy for you to talk your book every single day in business because you're selling the same contracts over and over again to a different suite of clients. Mm. So just do the random word exercise. That's the first exercise of three. Do that a few times a day for the rest of the year, ideally with your kids or your nieces or your nephews or somebody in your family to speed up the process. That's a really good one. Do you want to share the other two or? Yeah, 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 of course. Yeah. The reason I don't share all three right away is because I'll also monologue for 20 minutes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, those are good. I'm like, I'm interested. So I'm just like letting you roll. So yeah, yeah, for sure, Michael. So ball number two is the question drill. So we get asked questions all the time in our life hmm. at school, at work, as consultants on strategy calls, going back to the struggling consultant. This is what gets you from struggling solo to successful solo. If you're doing 50, 60K is knowing how to answer questions from prospects. Aspects. Because mm. most of the energy has nothing to do with what you're answering. It has everything to do with the energy and how convicted you are in the answers to your own questions. Because if you sound like this, oh, I don't know, I'm not going to give you a contract. You crazy? Rather give it to another consultant who looks like yeah. they know what they're doing. So how do we fix this? But I'll tell you a quick story before we fix this. I'm in the same camp as everyone else, Michael. The reason I know how to teach is because I sucked at this at the beginning of my career. I remember like a few hundred podcasts ago when I got started in this, this guesting thing. I sucked. I remember some guy asked me, hey, Brendan, the same question you asked me, actually, where does the fear of communication come from? And I looked at the guy and said, dude, I don't know, man, Los Angeles, New (laughs) Orleans, like you tell me, like, I don't know. So how did I fix this? Every single day, Michael, five minutes, I answered one question that I thought somebody would ask me about my expertise, my products or my services. So day one was, what tips do you have for introverts? Day two is, what's your vision for master talk? Day three is, what tips should we work on a daily basis? But here's the punch. The punch is, if you do this for five minutes a day, every single day for a year, Michael, you'll have answered 365 questions about your industry and you'll be bulletproof. That's number two. That's a great one. One of the things I like about that is you also just described a really good content strategy for people, whether it's a YouTube channel, a podcast, even if they just are typing a note on LinkedIn or whatever it might be, it's a really good content strategy for folks. So it has multiple uses, not just teaching you a little bit more about speaking, but for use in all the other stuff that you do. And it helps, you know, I think for a lot of people, they go into business without asking themselves those questions and then answering it live like they were the person asking me. A lot of times when I'm listening to the podcast, I say listening to the podcast because that's my default. When I'm working in the podcast with you right now, I'm listening to what you're saying with the thought of what does somebody who's listening to this want me to ask next? What are they curious about? And you know, I think that helps us just get better at what we do. So I really like that strategy. What's number three? Absolutely, Mike. I'm glad you do. And then number three is so simple, nobody does it. Birthday video messages or just video messages in general. Pick three people that you really love in your life. They could be a client. They could be a friend of yours. They could be a family member. And just send them a 20-second video message to say how much you appreciate having them in your life. Very simple. And the only rule is you're not allowed to retake the video. 
I take this a step further mm. where my Google Calendar tells me whose birthday it is this week for my best clients, my best business partners. Well, actually, I don't have a lot of business partners. So my business partners and my family members. And then when I see it's their birthday, my calendar's right here, actually. I wake up in the morning. I see whose birthday it is. I put a stupid $12 hat that I bought on Amazon and I go, hey, guess whose birthday it is? It's yours. I hope you have a wonderful day. And this makes me so much money and creates so much happiness in the people around me. And the reason is because, and it's why I'm not a struggling solo, though I was a few years ago, is that 10% or 20% of the time when my client receives a birthday video message, one, their mind is blown. They're like, what the world is this? And then the second part, Michael, is they go, you know, Brendan, you just reminded me to introduce you to my friend who's a vice president that I think will buy your service. And it's just more money for me and yeah. more impact for the world. That's really good. I like that. And it's so simple. And I do like the one take thing because people ask me all the time. That's one of the questions. They're like, how long does it take you to shoot one of those videos? And I'm like, well, how long was the video? I'm constantly asking questions of myself and I've got a spreadsheet, not actually not a spreadsheet, an Evernote. It's probably got three, 400 questions in it that I can just go to at any time. Cause anytime I'm thinking, I just add it to there. And I've been thinking about those for a while. It's not like it's brand new to me. And so when I pull up one of those questions and I sort it and go, Hey, here are the seven I'm going to do this week. I look at it and go, this is something I've been thinking about. As soon as I hit record, I've got thoughts, you know, and they just come out in whatever order they come out. I also look at it as even if I, get to the end of it and I'm like, I should have said this. Then instead of re-recording it, I go, I'm going to make another video. And in that video, I'm going to talk about that instead of trying to just redo it and get the perfect masterpiece in one particular video. I'm like, it may be the lazy way to do it, but it's a way I found where like it actually creates more content by having multiple things to talk about instead of trying to cram eight thoughts into 35 seconds or whatever it is now. Question for you here. And then I want to talk about master talk. This is all good for the average person, but there's a lot of people. And I guess sometimes speaking converts people over to this side, the dark side of being an introvert, which I sort of am in the right setting I am as well. What advice do you have? And maybe it's exactly like everything else you've said so far, but if not, I'm curious for the introvert that definitely doesn't like talking to their camera or in front of people or doing presentations, how do you help them do this? Even if it doesn't change their lifestyle overall? How do you get them to do this? What are some strategies for those folks? For sure, Michael. So the advice is the same, but I'll add a nuance on top of it. So the first part is going back to the easy threes, right? The random word exercise, the question drill, the video message. But notice how I see these in a certain order. So the advice is always, whether you're an introvert or an extrovert, honestly, is don't move on to the question drill until you've done a hundred random word exercises. But the caveat for an introvert is you don't have to do this in front of anybody. You can do this at home, alone, in your basement. It still works. You'll still get the result. That's one. Number two, question drills. You don't even have to talk to other people. You could literally sit at your computer, open up a spreadsheet, open up a Word document where you have the questions that other people have asked you. You type out an answer, you take your phone, you open a voice recorder app, and then you just speak to yourself and then you do the same thing the next day. So this doesn't even require social interaction. That's why I use these easy threes at the beginning. And I'm empathetic too, because 70% of my clients are introverts, obviously, yeah. you, as you probably guessed. And then the third point was just the video message. What I found from experience, Michael, is I've yet to meet an introvert who is too afraid to send video messages with the caveat that they've done the first two balls. Mm -hmm. So once they've done the first two balls, which is a hundred question drills and a hundred random word extras, their confidence is skyrocket at that point. So that's the first point. The last point is the advantages that introverts have that they aren't aware of. 
So I kind of flipped that question a little bit. So I found from experience that introverts are exceptional at three things that extroverts like me took years to master. And those three things quite rapidly are the pause. Pausing is something that's innate in speaking. It's very important. Introverts are really good at it because they live in silence. Extroverts like me, horrible out of it because I needed to learn it. I like taking up space. I like talking a lot. Hence why I'm a good guest and I would be a terrible host, but you're a great host. So that's one piece. The second piece beyond the pause is listening. They speak less on average. They're much better listeners. I yap a lot. I got to spend more time learning how to listen to other people. And number three, they're more accessible. People like Gary Vaynerchuk that I'm a big fan of, by the way, you either really, really like or you really, really mm. hate. But nobody says that about Brene Brown. Nobody goes, I hate Brene Brown. She stinks. If you say that, the SWAT team, the FBI is right. going to come to your house, right. kidnap your entire family. Obviously, I'm kidding. But you get the idea. There's advantages that we uh, don't think enough about. That's great. And out of those, I would say I'm not always great when I'm speaking about the pause. <laughs> you know, that's the hard one for me. But the listening is something that I feel like it's so easy to do for an introvert to just listen to what's going on and actually pay attention. Because I think there's being quiet and then there's listening, you know, because a lot of people are quiet while you're talking while they're thinking of what they're going to say, but I'm actually listening to it like I'm actually interested and I want to have a conversation about it. That's a really interesting one to me that I really like, especially for speakers to be able to kind of get the groove there. Talk to me a little bit about Master Talk here as we wind up. Tell me a little bit about more what you're doing, types of services you provide over there, because you probably don't know me very well, but one of the things I'm really passionate about is making sure that our clients have experts in their life for everything, whether it's accounting, an attorney, whatever it is. And this is one of those things where I sat in on one of your two hour webinars. Oh, did you? Uh, yeah, you came? Yeah, I didn't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I sat in a couple of months ago and I just listened and I learned stuff from it. And I'll be honest with you. I am a skeptic around any of these topics because I've sat in so many expert level stuff and just gone, both. man, this is garbage, right? Yeah. But I was five minutes in expecting to be 30, 40 minutes in before I learned anything. I'm like five minutes in and I'm like, well, that was an interesting point. And you and your partner, I forget his name there, but you and your partner that was on there with you, I was learning from both of you. So really good points from both of you through the whole webinar that I sat in. I really enjoyed that. So I'd love to hear and let you talk a little bit about the business side of what you're doing at Master Talk and if people are interested in working with you, how they do that. That was awfully kind, Michael. First of all, I really appreciate you coming to the workshop. And I'm glad you saw value because I'm on the same page as you. I think a lot of these webinars are garbage too. That's why our mission with me and Vamsi, I know he has a hard name to pronounce, was we want to have the best free training in the world. Because if we have the best free training on communication in the world, one, it's aligned with my values and my mission, which is to serve 99% of the world for free. And then the other piece is the 1% who actually a business owner, an entrepreneur, an executive who wants to work with me privately. So instead of getting a gym membership, they just hired the personal trainer directly. They get results a lot faster. So for those of you who are interested in that latter part, that second part, the next best step is two ways to keep in touch. But the main one is really to do exactly what Michael did, which is to attend the workshop. We do this in perpetuity every two weeks and it's absolutely free and that's a good way for you to know a little bit more about the type of advice that we share and then at the end of that call you can book a free call with us and learn more about our services so the website for that is rockstarcommunicator.com but meanwhile you can also check out the youtube channel which is master talk to Perfect. That's awesome. Well, like I said at the beginning of this, this topic's really near and dear to my heart. One of the things that I didn't share about why it's so near and dear to my heart is number one, when I came out and started speaking, 
it kind of changed me and who I was because I was the introvert. I wanted to stay behind the curtain and do my thing. And then I realized, wow, there's this whole other world that I'm now exposed to. So that was really fun, right? But then I was actually an owner of a franchise at the time. And I was looking at my revenue. It was a coaching consulting franchise. And I was looking at my revenue versus everybody else in my state. They always say that the people who speak will make usually about double what everybody else makes. I was making double what the other eight consultants were in my state combined. And I was the only one speaking. They were all blown away. They're like, why are you getting clients? Why is this? <laughs> You're consistently getting clients. And I'm like, because I'm consistently speaking. Tony Robbins said one time, he was like, if I open the fridge at two o'clock in the morning, I'd give it a talk, right? And I was starting to get that way. I was like, anywhere people would let me speak, I would go speak. I didn't care if it was a luncheon or what. I didn't care if there were three people there. If there were a thousand people, I didn't care. And I just got known for that really early on. And then when I translated it to the podcast, we went to a whole new level. When we started the podcast, the growth of our business mirrors the growth of the podcast and it has doubled every year for the last seven years. It's been wild to watch the business be in seven figures when most people can't even get to six figures. I really feel like the speaking side is what did that for us. And so that's why I'm such a huge advocate of the topic. I'm a huge advocate of the service. And when I see people who know what they're talking about, I recognize it. And so that's why I wanted to have you on and talk about this. I know there's a little bit of a soapbox there, but I'm just so passionate that business owners should be doing this more because of what it does for your business. And when it does good things for your business, it does good things for your people. And that's what I'm all about, helping everybody at the same time. So now that I'm off my soapbox, are there any final thoughts that you have that you want to share with folks? That was very well articulated, Michael. And first of all, congratulations on all the success that you've had in your business. I think that's amazing. And and that's my final thought. I think your case study is the testament that I, I don't think I could top, which is, hey, look, Michael is the great example here for the audience of somebody who leverage speaking, not just to a, an extent, but to an extreme. Speaking to, even if there's three people, getting out there, getting your voice here, which is a thought that Vomsi shares a lot, which is visibility is profitability. And visibility is profitability means the more visible you are to your industry, the more profitable your bottom line is because more people know who you are and they want to buy into you because they already know, like, and trust you. And those are the yeah. main three ideas between any sale, especially in the context of the industry that we're both in, frankly, we're just selling different things as consultants, but that's really the idea. So never forget visibility is profitability and always try to find ways. You could work really hard on your projects, but at the end of the day, if the external world doesn't know you or doesn't know your reputation, it's really hard to hit the numbers that Michael is hitting right now. Yeah. Very well put. Thank you so much for coming on and talking about this. I'm sure in the future, we'll talk about another topic, but I really appreciate this. And as always, all of Brendan's information is going to be on the website. So if you want to reach out to him or you forgot the URL that he mentioned earlier, so rockstarcommunicator.com, correct? If we're getting any of that stuff, just go and grab it in the show notes. Thank you again for coming on. I really appreciate that. Pleasure is absolutely mine, Michael. Thanks for having me. I really hope you enjoyed the podcast today. If you did, I would really appreciate it if you would like and subscribe to the podcast and screenshot it and tag me on LinkedIn or whatever social media you use. So thank you again for joining us today and we'll see you next time.